Hello everyone, welcome to the Lifetime Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson. If this is your first time listening in, I want to welcome you. Uh, This podcast is, well, like any other podcast. It's a radio show for your ears. It's a talk, it's a conversation, a lighthearted conversation, this one is. Um, it's, it's just discussions about life. Telling people's life stories is its main focus. If you want to listen to some past conversations, you can listen to them on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And if you want to help support, go down to that link in the description to help buy some merchandise. If you would like to support what we have going on here at Lifetime, this week's guest is Rick Smith. He is the Auburn University PA announcer. I had him on an old sports podcast that I had called SEC Fanatic, and now that that one has passed and Lifetime is in, he is on the Lifetime podcast. He was very gracious to come in, and I got to meet him in person, and that was really exciting for me with him being one of the people that I've grown up and listened to since I was, gosh, probably in the fourth or fifth grade. Um, Going to Auburn University football games, the SEC championship, If you are in the South and you love football, you have most likely heard this man's voice. And so it's been a wonderful journey to get to walk through him telling you how he got where he is now. So without further ado, let's go ahead and send it on over to the studio, the Kicker 97.7 studio, I should point out. A huge thanks for them for letting us use their studios. But let's send it on over to Rick Smith. Okay, we're rolling. Wonderful. All right, so we're here with Rick Smith, voice of Jordan Hare Stadium, the PA announcer. How are you doing? How's your day going? It's hot, but it's good. Absolutely. It is really muggy for an October. Yeah, this has lasted much longer than anybody would expect. Mm-hmm. So we, I had Rick Smith on over a year ago on an old podcast that I have, and now on this new one, I wanted to get him back on because I knew his story. And he was very gracious to come back in into his old stomping grounds inside of a what's now Kicker 97.7 and do another interview with me, just kind of share his life story. Um, so, of course, glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here. So, kind of walk us through, of course, now you are, um, like I said earlier, the PA announcer for Auburn University. Um, for those who don't necessarily know or don't come from a football background, will you just kind of walk through what that means for you, what a PA announcer is, what your day-to-day activities are. Yeah, I'm the public address announcer, stadium announcer at, at Jordan-Hare for Auburn football. And I also announced the SEC football championship game and, and the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover. And essentially what that means, that that's end game. I'm not the guy on radio or the guy doing play-by-play on, on television. My job is in in the stadium uh, making announcements pre-game, we announce the starting lineups, you know that sort of thing, and there are in-game announcements we do as well. And during the game, during a football game, I'm calling a play after it happens, so I'm not commenting on the play while it's it's going on, but after the whistle blows, we'll identify who carried the ball, the the yardage that was gained, and then something like you know third and seven from the 35 yard line. It will be that that type of announcement of the play. So is announcing something that you were always interested in, or is this something that you acquired over time? It, this answer could probably take up the entire <laughs> podcast if you have a time limit on it, or this may be a five-hour session. I don't know. 
It's one, you know, it's really one of those funny stories, and I think if you talk to most people who are in broadcasting and announcing in some way, they they tend to tell similar stories. I had never really thought of announcing prior to coming to school at at Auburn. In fact, really, if I had any thought at all, it would have been terrifying. You know, this idea of speaking to large groups of people, which is true for most everybody. You know, public speaking is one of the greatest fears that that everybody has. And for whatever reason, you know, my voice has always been kind of deep and it sounds the way that, that it does. And I would have people along the way ask if I was somehow involved in radio. This really started when, when I was in high school. I said, no, I've never done that and I have no interest in it. And then just one of those crazy happy accidents that, that happened when I came to school at, at Auburn, I met someone whose boyfriend was involved with WEGL, the campus radio station. And she and I were talking one day, and, and she said, have you ever done anything radio? And I said, you know, it's so odd. People always ask me this. And I haven't. And she said, well, my boyfriend, his name is Steve. Steve works at Weagle. They're always looking for announcers and people to be involved. I had just come to Auburn, so I'm looking to get involved, and I'm looking to meet new people. And I thought, this would be great. So I tried it out. I was absolutely scared to death. But at the same time, I fell in love with it. And that's where it started. So if I had not heard Steve's girlfriend's name was Sherry. So if I had not met Sherry, who knows? So based on this conversation she had and, and her connection with Steve, who was at, at Weagle, uh, I ended up there as well. So that that's where it started. And then as most things in life, you, you do the first thing and that leads to the second thing and the third thing. And here we are. What do you think it was about Weagle and about the radio side of it that that made you fall so in love with announcing this kept you doing it all these years? I've always loved music, so that that was a big part of it. I also like the, the, the people of Weagle, some of my best friends uh, I met there. And that, that was an attraction. I, there's a certain part of me that loves being an entertainer, so there, you know, there, was, there was that aspect of it as, as well. And to me, it, even after all these years, just the thought of standing in a room usually by yourself for radio, standing in a room by yourself, speaking into a microphone, this idea that it goes out into the air and, and people hear it and connect with it and enjoy it, that's just fascinating to me. So like you were saying, one thing kind of leads to another and another. Um, what was the next step after Weagle? I was working at Weagle, going to school, and I never was into the fraternity thing. That that wasn't me. So Weagle was that for me in a way. That's where I hung out, and those were the, the people that I hung out with. And I was there quite a bit when I wasn't in class. And I was hanging out in Weagle, at Weagle one day, and the station manager at the time was a guy named uh, Rick Frobro. And Rick had been on the phone with the general manager of WFRI. That's kicker back in, in mm -hmm. the old days. It, st it stood for... Uh, Faulkner Radio Incorporated when Jimmy Faulkner on the on the station. That's also connected with Faulkner University. Okay, the same same person. And I was in the in the station. Rick came out of his little office that he had, and he had this this sign that he had drawn up, and it said that WFRI was looking for a morning announcer. And so I walked up to the. He stuck it on this door that everybody walked by. And I walked up and looked at it, and I thought, wow, that, that sounds interesting. And I was the first one who saw it. And I immediately called uh, the, the number and the name on the piece of paper. And I think the next morning, 
I came down for an interview and I bought brought my air check tape, what I had for, and it was a cassette tape back in the day. <laughs> I brought that and sat down and, and was offered the job. And that was the first commercial gig I ever had. So it was in this building. Hmm. How does it feel to be back in here? I know you said you come back in here regularly, but is, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about what's all changed, but uh, is there still a little bit of nostalgia that you get coming back in here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love coming back. And and the building's quite a bit different now. It's it's much bigger now yeah. than it was back then. But, yeah, it, it feels good to pull into the parking lot and walk through mm-hmm. the door. Still smells the same in here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just fun to be back. So how long did you work um, here in local radio? I was still in school at the time okay. that I was I was working here, so I was here for a few months and then went back to class yeah. to to focus on on that. So it, it was a, a limited amount of time, but really it, it it changed my life in a sense professionally that it gave me that commercial experience. And what it also did, this is where I met my wife. Okay, I was the morning announcer, and and my wife Carol was the sales manager. And that's how I got to know her. In fact, on September 16th was our 35th wedding anniversary. So, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, this radio station has been good to me. Mm -hmm. So, after you wrapped all of your schooling up, what what was the next step after that? Well, I had a decision to make. Do do I want to be in radio full time or do I want to take a, another path? And, you know, as you know, radio is, is, is great fun and it can be a great career, but it's also very hard to break into. And I was married by this time. And so I was looking at possibilities and I, and I actually was, was offered a job here okay. upon graduation. And, and then I had another offer that, that was in the business world, but it allowed me to stay connected with media. Mm-hmm. And that's what I decided to do. Um, because of, of the stability of it, because as yeah. you know, in radio, the old saying, uh, in order to move up, you move out, you move mm-hmm. from one market to the next, to the next. And I've always been one who, who likes being in a community for a long period of time. I, I'm, I'm from Fairfax. So I grew up in the Valley. Okay. So being here is, is important to me. I, this is home. I lived in South Carolina for a while too, and actually graduated from, from high school there and then came back. But it, this, this is home and, and the people are, are family and, and the people are, are friends. And I knew that I wanted that long-term stable relationship in, in this community with these people. So I know now you teach at Auburn mm-hmm. as well as um, doing PA for Auburn football. What is it like here in Auburn or what is it here in Auburn that you've fallen so in love with? I know you touched on the people. Is there anything else that keeps you here all these years? Well, people is number one by, by far, it, but it's, it's the, the quality of life. It's just the tone of, of this place. I mean, you know, it's, it's big enough that, that there are things going on. You know, we have nice places to eat and, and fun things to do, but at the same time, there's, there's a certain serenity to life here. And, and geographically, it's good. If, you know, if I want a big city, I can go to Atlanta or, or Birmingham or, or wherever that may be or go to Atlanta and, and then fly out to other places. So it's so easy to, to get around. The mountains aren't too far away. The beach is not too far away. It's, it's just a marvelous place to be. So you've graduated college. You took that opportunity in the business world, obviously still having connections in the media world. How then did you find your way into becoming the voice of Jordan-Hare Stadium? Well, you know, it, it started at Weagle, and then the next step w- was here. And while in, in the business world, I, 
what I did is I worked with Farmers National Bank, which as is true with banking in general has been sold uh, again and again. But at the time, Farmers National was was a local bank. And being in that position, I was the marketing communications director. So I did everything that that was connected with marketing, public relations, advertising, communication. So it, it was all media all the time in some way. It just happened to be that I was doing it for a financial institution. But it gave me this opportunity to meet a lot of, of wonderful people, but also be connected with the community because that was a part of my job, too, was, was to be out and, and about. And the bank was always very supportive of me staying connected with, with media that in, in the way that I did because I'm out representing myself in those circumstances. But I'm also representing the bank because of the close connection that, that was there. I did. I worked uh, with Opelika High School and and Auburn High School on football, doing uh, the the analyst side of of things. Uh, one of the guys I worked with uh, was Barry McKnight, who's now the play by play guy for, for Troy. He and I called high school football together for a number of years, and and that created a connection with with Auburn football because back in the in the day before you had the internet. You may not know about that, but there was a time that we did not have the internet that Barry and I would be at Auburn football games and we would call ESPN. This was the early days of ESPN or they would call us or we would call other stadiums in order to get the, the scores that of games that were being played that day. There was no other way to get them. Hmm. You know, now you just you look them you up. Just, well, you pick up your phone and, mm -hmm. and there it is, you know, but back in the day we, we had to talk to other people on the phone to get it. So that was our job during, during the game. And we would write down the scores. Uh, Auburn Sports Information would have a sheet for the day of the of the biggest games they wanted to follow. We would do these continuous updates and then run down to the PA, to the PA booth. Carl Stevens was the public address announcer at the time, and so part of the game during a timeout would be for Carl to announce scores from other games. And the way that people in the stands found out would find out what was happening at other games was when Carl would announce them which I kind of miss. I always thought that was a cool thing. Now they're up yeah. on the scoreboard and people mm -hmm. are checking on their phones or whatever, but that was just a neat part of the day for me. So I got involved there. Um, I, for a number of years, was the public address announcer for Opelika High School football, and that was really the first PA that I had done. But it's all of these other things that, you know, I'm building experience and I'm building connections and people know, oh, this is, you know, this is Rick and this is who he is and this is what he does and, and how he does it. And so I was asked to announce Opelika football games and I did that for a number of years. And, and then another happy accident came along. I, I met Jeremy Roberts, who at the time was in marketing for Auburn Athletics. He's now in, in operations. And he was specifically connected to baseball. And, and I met Jeremy and in a conversation we had somehow, I don't even remember how, but somehow me having called games for Opelika High School came up and he said, well, we need someone to do PA for Auburn baseball. Are you interested? And so we talked about that some, and and I thought, yeah, that sounds great because I love baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. I thought, you know, this is great. It's baseball. It's Auburn. What could be better than that? So I did PA uh, for Auburn baseball for a number of years. And then when Carl Stevens decided to retire, he was public address announcer at Jordan here for 27 years. When Carl decided to retire, I got a call from from Jeremy one day who had moved up into this position that he's in now. And he said, you know, we're looking. Nobody, He said, nobody knows this yet. Don't say anything. 
But we're looking for someone to replace Carl. He's going to retire. Would you be interested in in that position? Which you know, that's one of those dream jobs. I mean, you know, just absolutely positively, it was one of the best jobs in in the country. And so the next day, uh, he and I talked, and um, he had conversations with the people he needed to have conversations with, whatever that was. And then later, he called and and said that they would like to offer me the position. So you know, I'm often asked, did did I did I audition for that job? And the answer is, well, yes, but not in the way you think. You know, I didn't audition in the sense of sitting down behind the microphone in the stadium and, and being involved in, in this competition. I had actually called a, a JV game. Auburn did a played a sort of a freshman JV game once, and and I did PA for that. So I had actually announced inside the stadium. But it's not that I announced in, in that or, or auditioned in that traditional way. I auditioned one baseball game at a time for five years. And so I tell my students now, I said, you always have to remember that every day is an audition because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who's listening. You never know who's, who's paying attention. And you never know what doors are going to open because of that. And the same thing happened with, with the SEC. I had the Auburn job. This was in 2006. And then the SEC was looking for a, a stadium announcer for the SEC championship game, and someone from the SEC happened to be in the stands for the game and heard what I do. And, and my approach is is like Carl Stevens, is, is to be neutral because that's how I learned to do it, by listening to Carl. In my mind, that's how you call a football game. And um, I got this call from, from JR, from, from Jeremy one day. He said, someone from the SEC is going to call and uh, they want to talk to you about something. That's all he said, and he hung up. Oh, what in the <laughs> world do they want to talk to me about? And about 10 minutes later, I got this call, and they said, we heard what you do. We're looking to fill this position. Are you, in, are you interested? And, and that's how that, that came to be. So it's these, you know, it, it's happy accidents in the mm-hmm. sense. It's being in the right place at the, time, at the right time. But it's also preparing yourself when the opportunity comes along. It's getting as much experience as you can. It, it's... It's building your resume. It's, it's building your network. It's developing relationships. And if you get, into, you get your foot in the door and, and you do well and, and you're pleasant in the way that you go about your business, then one opportunity leads to another. After so many years of doing this and doing it on such big stages, do you ever get nervous before you're about to talk? I think I should be nervous before every game. And it at a certain level. I mean, you know, there's a certain there's a level of, of nervousness that's debilitating. That's not good. That that's a problem. It's not that. But being just a little nervous shows that that you care. I think when things go wrong is when announcers become complacent. too comfortable and too confident. Yeah, and it leads to to being complacent and maybe you you, you forget the the seriousness of what you're doing and the gravity of what you're doing. You get a little too much in your head and forget there, in my case, 87,451 people listening. So, yeah, there, there is a little nervousness in the sense of appreciating the moment and, and appreciating how fortunate I am to be there. What was going through your mind um, the, the, for your very first game right before you were about to talk in Jordan-Hare <laughs> Stadium yeah. for, for that first game, replacing Carl Stevens mm-hmm. as great as he was? What was going through your mind during that game? Yeah, that that was uh, a, a crazy time. The the first game I actually called was the the A Day game back in the spring. Okay, but A Day is 
such in a yeah. unique day. You know, a day is is a day. So an an actual game is is always going to be a little different. Yeah, you know, it's you know that everyone is listening in a different way because they know the new guy is there. And you know, Carl, not only was he so good. I mean, he's the best ever. Not only was he so good, he was also so revered because of of who he was. And you know, in a sense, I, I was following a legend. In fact, he would often be referred to as the legendary Carl Stevens, and it's true. You know that that's it's just a fact that that is absolutely true. So yeah, go, going into that week, and really, it began in, in the summer. It began long before that that first game. It seems like wherever I went, people would would ask about it, and uh, you know, how, how are you feeling? Are you excited? And and those things. And my answer, and are you nervous? I got that a lot. And, and people say, are you nervous? I say, no, I'm excited. But yeah, I was a little nervous, but <laughs> uh, I did everything I, I could to prepare. You know, I, I wanted to know that that I was ready. And I, I knew what I had done in the past that, that had worked. I knew what I needed to do going into this game. And, you know, we have the, the pregame announcements that we do. So that gave me a, a little time to, okay. to ease into this as, as we did those announcements. And then we did the starting lineups and we get to the point, you know, when the game starts and pregame, it's all scripted. You know, we're reading announcements that, that are from a script. After kickoff, it's all about what's happening on the field. There's no script for that. But we made it through the, the opening announcements, and everything was fine. The eagle flies, you know, the band comes out. And, and I remember when the band comes out, Jim Jackson is the band announcer. So Jim takes over at the microphone, and I'm standing there watching. And, and I thought to myself, yeah, I can do this. And from that point on, it's just getting in, into the flow of the game. And it's that way. It's the same thing every single week. It's it's just being prepared. I mean, that's a huge part of the of this job. That's so important is being prepared because you know there's always going to be a certain amount of craziness in live events. It is inevitable. It is going to happen. The more prepared an announcer can be going in when the when whatever craziness is coming does come, you can deal with just that. If if you're ill prepared going in. You're just creating more trouble, and you're creating more craziness that, that can be over just overwhelming. So, yeah, preparation is essential. What is it about all these years that you still enjoy about when you get behind the mic and you do another game? Um, what is it that you still enjoy? The entire game day experience. For one thing, it it there are a limited number of games. Uh, this past Saturday was my one hundredth. Really? Regular season Auburn football game, you know the 100 game at, at Jordan Hare, which has flown by. It certainly doesn't seem like that. But every game is special, you know. Every game is is unique in in its way. But yeah, just the the feel of of walking onto campus and seeing every, everyone tailgating, that energy when the the crowd responds. I love the eagle flying. That's one of my favorite parts of, of the day. I love it when the, when the band comes out, but just the the energy of of being part of of Auburn football is is it's the same game after game and, and year after. Year. Now, granted, some games are 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 bigger in their intensity. You know, when Auburn plays Alabama, that's a different animal, and when Auburn plays Georgia and Auburn plays Tennessee, I mean, and, and, well, Tennessee and, and LSU and you know those, yeah. those types of games. So you know, there's 
that intensity is is even higher. But everyone is is still uh, it, its own special day and in, in its own special way. So I, I'm just thrilled that that I get to be a part of it. And and I did this Saturday, and I really do it every Saturday, but especially with with this past Saturday being number 100, just sitting in the chair, looking around, and and trying to take it all in and appreciate the moment. So you were talking about crazy stuff that happened earlier, and I I gotta ask you the question that I'm sure you've been asked a hundred times before. Georgia game, Alabama game. I was all the way back in, gosh, sixth grade, I think. <laughs> um, what what were those two experiences like for you? I know you're talking about you like to try to stay neutral. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you stay neutral and stay calm during yeah. those two insane plays? I get that question a lot. Yeah, especially I can since imagine. especially since that year. You know, it, it's a matter of of perspective and and concentration. Uh, my spotter is, is named Eric Canada, who is, is very much a, a partner in this. I, I couldn't do this without him. I mean, and oftentimes when I, I talk about announcing, I'll, I'll say we. And I, I, that sounds so pretentious, and I don't mean that in the sense of the, of the, roy, the royal we, but it really is, is we, it, it, because Eric is as much a part of this as, as I am. I happen to be the one who does the talking, which means I, I get a little more of, of the attention but it's it's very much a partnership in, in what we do, and not just with with Eric. I mean, there's that special relationship we have, but that involves the the marketing team. It involves the the sound crew. Those guys are great. It involves media relations, just on and on and on. The the Wiggle production crew. I mean, those guys are phenomenal. Everybody is. Everybody is so good at, at what they do. I'm just a member of that team. But since it's my voice that's involved, then I end up being a guest on a podcast, you know, that, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. So yeah, for, for Eric and me both, it's, it's a matter of, of doing the job and, and I'm not there as a fan. I'm not there to, to jump up and down and, and yell and scream. I'm, I'm there to do a job and Auburn's approach. And this is true for Carl. And as far as I, I know, it has gone back forever with, with Auburn public address. The approach is, is to be neutral. And I know other schools do it in different ways. There are schools where the public address announcer is more of a cheerleader. And for them, that's great. That's what their school does. That's their tradition. That's good for them. That's not the the Auburn approach. So going into the game, there's already this idea of focus on the play, make make the announcement, maintain your composure. And believe me, I want Auburn to win as much as anybody. You know, winning is good. I I like winning. (laughs) But what happened there is, you know, the with with Georgia, you see the play, make the call, and as phenomenal as it was, I mean, it was an amazing moment. But the game wasn't over yet. If you were, I don't know if you remember or not being in the sixth grade, but Georgia almost scored yeah, going back did. down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, so there there was a lot of game to be played there. But it was a matter of making that call. Which you think, how in the world did this happen? What a phenomenal thing it, it, it was. Um, and I, it, I said something along the lines of um, Nate Marshall's pass to Ricardo Lewis's complete for, for the Auburn touchdown. And if you watch that clip on YouTube, there, there are a couple of clips that have just natural sound. You don't, you don't hear the radio guys doing play-by-play. It's just the sound from the field. You can hear me say this. You can hear it. For the kick six, when that happened, <laughs> uh, you know, there – you see that, you know, there's, are they going to kick this or are they not? And there's a timeout and, you know, are we going to 
you know, first of all, they, this whole decision about is there a second going back on the clock? You know, what all, all this craziness that's, that's happening around that, and finally they line up to kick it. And we see that Chris Davis has gone back into the end zone. And I have to say, when the ball left the kicker's foot, I thought it had a chance from the angle that I had. There, there was a second there I thought, uh-oh, this has a chance. And then you could see that, that it fade and, and Davis field the kick and, and take off. And as he came down the sideline, there was a point just after he crossed the 50-yard line when Cody Mandel, the Alabama punter, came over and tried to make a tackle and he misses it. When he missed that tackle, I knew he was in the end zone. I saw that and I thought, he's in. So I'm sitting in, in my seat behind the microphone. Eric is sitting to my left. And everybody else in the stadium and the sound guys in the booth with, with us, everybody, the radio guys, everybody is going absolutely bananas. I look at Eric and I said, that's a touchdown, right? Because this was so unusual. I thought it was. But before I said anything, I had to make sure. And, of course, all this is happening in a matter of a second or so. I looked at Eric and I said, that's a touchdown, right? And he said, that's a touchdown. And I said, I don't see any flags. And he said, there are no flags. And then I, I turned on the microphone and I said, Chris Davis returns the field goal attempt for the Auburn touchdown. Turned off the microphone and I'm jumping up and down and screaming and yelling <laughs> with, with everybody else. And Eric and I are hugging. The funny thing is no one ever heard it. No one has a clue. I could have said anything. No one ever would have known. And if you watch the video clips of, of that from the field, you Got all them. you can hear is sort of, roar, 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 <laughs> and, and that's it. As loud as Georgia was, as loud as, as that play was, the kick six is even louder. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so outside of PA and outside of this announcing, you also, like we, we touched on a little bit earlier, um, you also teach at Auburn. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because I know that is really a more consistent part of your life. Yeah. Um, what is that like? Because I know you never really set out necessarily to do that, but what's it like doing that now? I absolutely love it. This is my 28th year oh, wow. at, at Auburn. Yeah, I started teaching at Auburn when I was seven. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my, my 28th year. And, and it's, it's been absolutely amazing to, to do something that, that you love and, and to do it with, with people that you love being around. And, and that's true for my colleagues, the people that, that I teach with. And it's, it's absolutely true for the students. They're, they're just wonderful people to to be around. I mean, you know, I have days every now and then I like to pinch your little heads off, but <laughs> we, we all have those days. I'm, I'm sure they would say the same about me, but you know, they're smart and they're passionate and they're insightful. They, they care about what they do and, and they want to do well in life. And there's this great sense of, of hope and adventure and, and how they go about their day. And I'm, I'm honored to be able to develop relationships with them and, and get to know them. And, and it's really cool for me, for those students, I get to know while they're at Auburn and we stay in touch. And, and there are some where, where that happens. In fact, tomorrow I teach a, a class on news and sports announcing. And tomorrow, uh, Brad Law, who's with Auburn Sports Network, yeah. who's one of our grads, is going to be the guest speaker for the class. So it is such a cool thing for this guy who was in my class a few years ago now. And I can remember sitting my, in my office and, and talking about the the radio business because you know how – Radio people are. We love to sit around and, and talk about the business. <laughs> and I can remember having this great conversation with, with him one day about sports radio and all the different ways that, that it works. And now 
He's gone on to do these great things because he's really good at what he does. He's gone on to do these great things, and now he's coming back to talk with students. That's a good day when that happens. Yeah. So when you're teaching these students, obviously there you've touched hundreds of lives. Even through your speaking, you touch hundreds of lives of people who you're never really going to be able to meet and know personally. What's one thing, especially in your teaching, but kind of through your announcing in a way, what's one message that you always try to pass along to anybody, really, that you interact with? For students, it's, it's this idea that every day is an audition because I, I think it's important to them. You know, What we do in the classroom is extremely important. It is, it is essential. What is also essential is practical experience. So I encourage them to, to get involved. You know, um, announcing is, is one of those things like, like swimming. You can study swimming all you want, and you should, you know, to understand the, the ideas of buoyancy, to understand the, the history of, of swimming and, you know, swimming in the Olympics and all these different ways that you can learn about the sport of swimming. That is a wonderful thing to do. And you can learn about the various strokes of, of swimming. But the bottom line is you don't get it until you're in the deep end of the pool. That's when swimming comes together, and it's the same thing in, in what we do. I, I'm a firm believer in everything we do in the classroom. I'm also a firm believer of throwing them in the water so that, that they can swim around a little bit, and I encourage them to, to do that as, as much as possible because it, it's great experience. You know, we, we get better through experience. We develop great relationships. They're on the professional side, there are the networking opportunities. It, you know, there's the old line, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's not true. It's both. It, it is who you know. That, that matters. Having relationship matters. But at the same time, when the opportunity comes along, you have to be able to take advantage of it. You have to be prepared. And that's what experience does for you. And you never know, like with me, those crazy stories that I told, you never know who you're going to be in a conversation with. You never know who's going to be listening. And you have no idea they're listening. And, you know, when it's a formal interview, you can always dress up and clean up and polish up and, and you know, put your best foot forward, as you should. But if you really want to see who someone is, notice how they conduct themselves and notice the work they do when they think no one is watching. You know, that's what they say about character, how, how you live your life when, when you think no one is watching. That's what every day as an audition is, is about, is you just don't know who's watching and you just don't know who you're going to meet. So, do your single best. Do do your best every single day. All righty. Well, that wraps up all the questions that I had. Uh, Rick Smith again, P uh, PA announcer for Auburn University football. Thanks for coming out with me, spending these about thirty minutes, half hour talking with me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here. It's good. It's good to be home. <laughs>